3: Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See amazon.com slash amazon prime for details.
0: <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream.
4: you are listening to the dan patrick show on fox sports radio
5: big day big night welcome to the program dan and the dan dan patrick show we'll check in with the sec commissioner greg sankey he'll join us coming up in about 15 minutes and also we'll spend some time with the freshly minted pga champion colin morikawa who will join us a little bit later on as well i mentioned it's a big night tonight we have a viewing party you can tune in on YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show, 8.30 Eastern time. We're going to have our uh, party. We're going to have a red carpet. We're going to have a party, win or lose. We're having a party tonight, and you can watch us watch the sports Emmys when we lose. 8.30 Eastern, and uh, it's hosted by – well, we got a, a few hosts. It's that big. But uh, we'll have more details for you, but you can go to YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show, Tonight at 8.30 Eastern, and uh, we will try to provide some entertainment during these sports Emmys. And then the big announcement, I think there are 27 Emmys that are handed out tonight. We're 23rd on the list, making us us wait to lose. So it's even more painful, because normally we go in first 15 or 20 minutes, and the winner is... Pardon the interruption. And then we close up shop, go to the bar, and then we commiserate. And here we are again. We are going for a three-peat tonight. We've lost back-to-back years. No, we didn't win back-to-back years. And now tonight. All right, uh, we'll come up with a poll question. We got uh, play of the day, stat of the day, and some things going on in the Big Ten. Recapping what happened with yesterday's show, the Big Ten and the Pac-12. Now, there was a vote. Now, we can get into semantics here because I've seen people come out with uh, conflicting um, sources on this. I was told that the presidents in the Big Ten voted on Sunday 12 to 2. So I had the numbers, 12 to 2. I told you Nebraska and Iowa voted to play. Now, whether they cast an official ballot, they went around the room and said 12-2 to they weren't going to play. These are the presidents, okay? Because I've had people say, well, wait a minute. They didn't have a vote. They had a vote. How do they have a vote? If they didn't have a vote, I know that it's 12-2 to and it's Nebraska and Iowa who wanted to play football. They're going to meet again in about an hour and a half, the presidents are. I'm being told now that according to my source this morning big 10 has sent mixed signals with scheduling have not communicated well schools are very angry they're pushing for a delay ohio state and nebraska openly talking of playing elsewhere a delay would keep them in the fold that's all i have for you this morning but i will say this yesterday uh, what happened yesterday got us to this point today. Trust me, I'm not taking credit for it. I'm just saying because of the source that I had and told me that information, I brought it to your attention yesterday, then all of a sudden college football started to mobilize here because players, coaches, athletic directors got on the same page here. And it was them against the presidents because the presidents are looking at a lot of different things here. We all want football to be played. You know, If you're an athlete, a former athlete, you always want to play. You find a way to play. And that's what, you're, that's what we're seeing right now. But because that information came out yesterday, keep in mind, from what I was told, Pac-12, Big Ten were going to announce this morning. That was the information I got on Sunday night. And keep in mind, you had the Big 12, you had the SEC and the ACC that weren't going to go with them. Big Ten, I think, thought everybody else is going to go with us. Because Pac-12, I'm told, did not want to be the first conference to close up shop. They didn't want that from an optics of, you know, Pac-12 football had this image of being soft. um, You know, and we haven't really looked at Pac-12 football and said, boy, there's, you know, a real force there. Or that's great football there. As much as I love watching it, you know, they want to be included with the Power Five conferences. And they're not always included. This is what I was told the Pac-12 didn't want to be the first. That's when the Big Ten and the Pac-12, you know, they're sort of joined at the hip with the Rose Bowl and their history there. And they were going to have a partnership where they were going to say that they were not going to play football in the fall. SEC, we'll talk to Greg Sankey, their commissioner. They're planning on playing football. Uh, I was told Notre Dame is planning on playing football. ACC, uh, and then you have the Big 12. I was told it was Oklahoma and Texas that wanted to play and then they didn't think that the other schools were going to fall in line. That's, it's all fluid. And I mentioned it yesterday when I broke the news to you 24 hours ago. This could change in an hour. It could change in two hours. It could change in a day. We're going to find out if we're going to have college football by the end of the week. But it feels like the SEC commissioner, Greg Sankey, is the one who stirs the drink. We invited all the commissioners on. Greg Sankey's the only one who said he would come on. But that's because the SEC is just like the NFL. It's full speed ahead. But that's all the information I have for you. There was a vote, whether it's official or not, however you want. You know, if we get mired in you know the uh, semantics of this, we're missing the bigger point. The Big Ten presidents voted 12 to 2. I don't know how else you get a 12-2 to vote unless you vote. I don't care what anybody else's sources say. That's what they decided on. Now, there are a lot of people walking back some of their opinions. These presidents, they're walking them back. They don't know what to do. They truly do not know what to do. Liability is the key for them. Athletic director, coach, player, they're not... You know, they're not worried about that. But this is why we don't have a voice with the NCAA. We have five commissioners who are running college football, and they don't even know what they're doing. They're not all on the same page. Some are in, some are out. Nebraska wants to play, what, with the Big 12? Well, if that's the case, I would say goodbye to Nebraska in the Big 10. Because if I'm the Big 10 and you're not going to listen to us and you want to go rogue on me, We got problems here. Although if Ohio State decides to do it, then you'll go, well, that uh, Ohio State will let them do it. Now, they're charter member. Nebraska, they joined late. But these are the things that are going on right now. It's a fluid situation, and I think we're going to get some answers today, certainly with the the, uh, Big Ten and the Pac-12, because... I think they're going to make a decision today, and that decision is probably going to be, let's delay this as long as we can, and maybe we can somehow figure this out. But we didn't hear from the presidents for a long period of time. That's why we got to this point of chaos. What did we hear? Coaches, players, athletic directors, we're playing football. Right? Okay. None of the presidents, we didn't hear from any of them. Then all of a sudden they got together and they go, uh... I don't know what are we doing. School starting. Notre Dame classes start. They started yesterday. Kids on campus. So we'll keep an eye on it. I'll tell you uh, whatever information I can come up with. I'll give it to you if uh, it's during the show. Uh, This program brought to you by the great folks at LegalZoom. Need to make it legal, make it LegalZoom.com. You can start online. Their network of independent attorneys can provide advice when you need it most. And since LegalZoom isn't a law firm, you don't have to leave your home. Visit LegalZoom.com today for more information. By the way, the next great podcast, it's your chance. You got an idea for a podcast? I want to be in business with you. And uh, what we're doing is you have until the end of the month to give us your pitch You go to nextgreatpodcast.com, and we're going to select up to 10 semifinalists and give you $1,000 each to produce a pilot episode. Then listeners will be voting on their favorite and decide the next great podcast. And then I'm going to be your partner. Nextgreatpodcast.com, and I hope to work with you. McLevin, what do you have for me today?
6: Okay, we on this side of the glass came up with a two-part poll question involving college (laughs) football conferences. Now bear with me. If you could have only one conference play college football this year, which would it be? SEC, ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, or Pac-12? Okay. Seems to be a front runner in that one. Yes, there is. The flip question is, if you had to sacrifice one conference to save the other four for (laughs) college football, which one would you kick off the island? Oh, man. Well. I think there's an obvious answer on that one, too. I'm going to guess that people would sacrifice
5: the Pac-12 maybe the ACC except for you have Clemson and and you love Clemson and, and Trevor, maybe people do that because they don't want to see Clemson back in there again. I don't know. Maybe that would open the door. like if I'm in the SEC, I'll be like, yeah, let's get rid of uh, the ACC so I don't have to worry about Clemson anymore. PAC 12 uh, you probably could we could probably survive without the PAC 12. Oklahoma, you still want Oklahoma in there. Plus, I love that style of football. That'd be great. Big 10, that's a big deal as well. But yeah, I'd probably say that you could sacrifice the Pac-12. Yeah, McLevin.
6: I don't know. How could you see the Washington Huskies be ranked number five all season and implode and get destroyed <laughs> by some bad team? We could, how could college football survive without I know. that? It or UCLA?
5: Like, it feels like every year. It's like, man, Washington. And then you'd go, yeah, they're ranked fifth. And then all of a sudden, they end up losing. And then they'll lose again, and then they'll lose in their bowl game. Yeah, I, I Hey, I don't mean any harm here, Washington. Love my Huskies, but just saying. There's always that, man, they got another great quarterback out there. I always loved Chris Peterson. I loved him more at Boise than I did at Washington, UW. Yeah, Paulie?
7: Dan, this is a big mistake. You lose the Pac-12, then on Saturday nights, we may have to hang with our family. Late night, you may have to put the kids to bed. Mm. We need Pac-12 mm, football. Mm. Uh, Saturday nights? Late night? Yeah. Arizona State? Well, dropping I, 48 on someone? I do love that.
8: Yeah, see. That's actually fueling most of the desperation to get college football back is the, you know, like no more apple picking or something. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh you got to go do the pumpkin thing again?
5: Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah.
5: Uh, let me see. What else do I have? It's just, you know, college football is just taken over. Um, baseball looking at a bubble for the playoffs. We'll talk about that. Uh, my Phoenix Suns have won six in a row tonight. Suns, Sixers, Blazers, Mavs. We'll give you the playoff scenario here for uh, you know those in the bubble, those uh, in the eight, nine seeds here as well. Yes, McLovin. What other uh, poll questions? I had
6: an NBA poll. Uh, watching Devin Booker hit a half court shot yesterday. Who is the heir apparent to Steph Curry in your opinion? And I was wondering what the options would be. Devin Booker comes to mind. Trey Young has obviously been talked about. Is there anyone else in that? guy who can hit the 40-foot shot at any time. Is anyone coming up to be the next Steph Curry?
5: Uh, I would say Trey Young is.
6: More than Booker, for example?
5: Yeah. Yeah, because Trey Young has that feeling of, boy, if he could do it, I could do it. You know, he's not imposing. I mean, Devin Booker, is, you know, he's a grown man out there playing basketball. Trey Young still looks like, I mean, Steph Curry still looks like he's 18. Uh, but I would say Trey Young is. What else do you have, Mick? Okay, you know, there was, I, I'd love to have the, um, the writer's name, but uh, I think it was from the Arizona Republic where they said Devin Booker stepped outside of the bubble or the quarantine or something. His shot was from 39 feet away. So they're basically saying it was so deep that he stepped out of quarantine. Is he going to get in trouble? I love that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think the... The writer started his column with that, uh, with Devin Booker hitting that jumper last night. Yes, McLeod. Okay,
6: I got a good ethical Emmys dilemma for us. It's only for us four. These are the only people who can answer it. I'll give you... Wait, so
5: you're saying for the Danettes, not me. And I
6: actually, I tweeted it. I'll give you a check. For $25,000, and only you get that check.
5: Oh, by the way, here it is. Out of uh, ArizonaSports.com. Uh, I don't know who the writer is. Maybe you could help me, McLevin. It yeah. says, Devin Booker might need to go through quarantine after leaving the Orlando bubble in order to hit a three-point shot against Oklahoma City Thunder last night. That's a great line. Can you find out who that uh, that writer is? Yeah. Reporter is? Oh, it's a,
6: by. it says by Habub blog on the Arizona Sports Network. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know who that is. Well, Th-
7: that may be a, a title of a blog. I, yeah. I'm not sure his name is Haboo Blog. <laughs> yes.
5: But I'm just <laughs> but checking. But it might be. But there was Uwe Blob who played at Indiana <laughs> yes. years ago. Son.
6: <laughs> um, okay.
5: <laughs> well, there was an Olaf and an Uwe Blob, I think. <laughs> okay. Hurry up. I got it. Right, you,
6: you get $25,000. Get... $25, you get the other three Danettes. Do not get the money, and you do not win the sports Emmy. If you do not take the money, then you get the sports Emmy. So would you sell out? the sports Emmy for the whole show for $25,000. Ethical dilemma for the Danettes. So run it by me again. You've confused me. There are four Danettes. Okay. I get $25,000, Andrew Perloff, and we do not win the sports Emmy. But none of the other Danettes get paid. If I refuse the $25,000, we're guaranteed to get the sports Emmy. So do you choose the money or the Emmy? All
5: right, let's go around the room. Todd, 25 large... Or we, you get the twenty-five grand, or we win the Emmy?
9: I think we've invested so much in the show. And whether you guys believe me or not, then $25,000 is a lot of money. I want us to win the Emmy.
7: Right. Pauline? Put a
9: price tag on it.
7: I would absolutely take the cash and do something fun for my family or whatever it may be or, <laughs> okay. or my kids. Here's why. It's an arbitrary award. We're the same show whether we win it or lose it. If, is this isn't like beating Usain Bolt in a race. It's an arbitrary decision by a group of people. I'd love to have it, but it doesn't bother me not to win. McLovin. Well, now that Paulie
6: opened the door, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> please give me the cash. I'll give you my Venmo account right after the uh, we okay. go to break.
8: Seaton, twenty five k, or the Sports Emmy. When this was originally posed to me, it was ten k, and I was like, "Ooh, damn, that's a tough decision." Now it's up to twenty five k. I'm taking that money. You're the one that's been saying how the Sports Emmy is going to change your life. Uh, no, I said that I really wanted to win. But that—that's not at the. uh, Do you rather? Would you rather have twenty-five grand or a sports Emmy? I just want the Emmy tonight. But if it came, if they're like, all right, well, here you could sell that in for uh, twenty-five grand. Twenty-five thousand dollars is a lot of money. Okay, that's a lot of money. All right, I I just—I know where. Todd is
5: with me. Todd is lying. I know he is. (laughs) And I put him on the spot. If he went last after you guys said all of this, Todd would have taken the cash.
3: Wow. Yeah, Todd. Think so yeah absolutely
4: be sure to catch the live edition of the dan patrick show weekdays at 9 a.m eastern 6 a.m pacific on fox sports radio and the iheart radio app
0: Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com
3: As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Macs with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.
5: He's the SEC Commissioner, Greg Sankey. We got to get this uh, appearance sponsored, I think, Greg. It's, a, <laughs> it's a, a monthly event that we have you on. Uh, it is. How do you feel about uh, the SEC and fall football today?
10: No, it's a roller coaster ride. Uh, today, probably uh, uh, better. We had uh, some really healthy dialogue with athletics directors and with our presidents and chancellors, really, information, because we've made decisions to avoid some of the time pressures that I I sense others are feeling. We've not had our players in helmets and pads for full practices. We've spread our preseason preparation out. We've moved our kickoff back to allow our universities to get back uh, to kind of their normal fall semester order, give some time to think for things to settle out. So, uh, you know, I felt good on Friday and then a little bit of tumult over the weekend. And we're going to keep working day to day to see if we can uh, provide opportunities for student athletes to compete.
5: How did what I reported yesterday affect you and the SEC?
10: We need to figure out our timing because I was on a conference call with athletics directors, and all of a sudden I started getting these, these notices on top of my <laughs> video screen, which is distracting.
5: Sorry about that.
10: Uh, yeah, let's say it's what you do, right? That's what I do. Um, you know, we, we've obviously had conversation among colleagues, so you have a sense of what may happen uh it is information for us that's what it is and i i've said to you in in my monthly appearances every day we learn a little bit more and and uh it is not um is not simply going to be a guiding moment if another conference makes a decision, but a piece of information along this really, really interesting journey.
5: What I was told yesterday was that the Pac-12 and the Big Ten were going to announce today. Now now I'm being told that they may delay that. They may try to buy a little bit more time, that the Big 12... Oklahoma, Texas may have been all in, not everybody else. ACC, Notre Dame all in, SEC all in. And the SEC was looking at maybe if these other schools wanted to play in the SEC. Is that fair uh, assessment of, of what happened yesterday or what is going on?
10: So that report I didn't receive until about 9.30 last night as I was driving home from the office. And I have not spoken with anyone. I've seen a little bit of the social media activity sense we're focused on our 14 members and and our 10 games because what we've really done is to create a kind of a quasi-bubble on our campuses for our teams to be healthy and supported really well and a quasi-bubble with our conference schedule and by moving later really than anyone had at the time uh, to give those campus uh, locales and communities the opportunity to welcome students back, which is what we do, by the way. It's this educational thing, despite what the cynics may think. Uh, we could then start later and control the ability to play. And, and Dan, that's been our focus. I, I was um, uh, amused a little bit by the amount of activity about who was playing whom in my league, and I really wasn't aware that was taking place.
5: Are the, uh, the student-athletes safer by playing football? Can you make a case for that, Greg?
10: Well, I I certainly think we can make a case and have made a case that they're in a much more healthy situation working out in our facilities with medical care, with with health protocols around COVID in this new environment compared to go lift weights at your local gym with who knows who's overseeing you, what, what kind of health expectations, what kind of workouts, what kind of monitoring. I think that's really without a doubt. What we're continuing to do is to support the healthy return of competition. So we've had a busy few weeks. The NCA has issued some national expectations. Last Friday, we announced uh, health protocols that go beyond what the NCA said is, is minimums. Uh, we're looking at third party testing opportunities so that we can have independence, common reporting, common testing, uh, a lot of, uh, work to achieve that, but certainly a a part of making football viable. And, and our our medical advisory group has said, yes, we, we can continue to go forward where that, advice to change certainly would be a stopping point but the indicators are the, the indicators are we can we can right now do what we're doing in a healthy way and we're going to continue to, to consider that central issue health as we move forward uh we hope towards competition with no assurances that that actually will take place
5: first game is scheduled when
10: september 26th
5: and it is still scheduled for september twenty sixth.
10: It is. Uh, we, we announced, uh, two new opponents. So uh, I I thought the world would be happy about the sec finally playing 10 about that. (laughs) Um, and now it's just, you know, placement and, and trying to configure a schedule for flow to create some open weeks that might have value. If you have to reschedule games, uh, the plan is to use December 12th as a common open week. Uh, before our championship game would be played on December 19th, that common open week in case we have to, to reschedule due to in-season disruption.
5: Would you take a school for one year only in the SEC?
10: There are probably any number of legal, contractual media. I could just go down a list of reasons that that's not quite practical. So that uh, that will be my answer in avoiding any tortious interference claims on the Dan Patrick Show on Tuesday morning.
5: But if it's Ohio State...
10: You know, we we've had some. Experience. I'm, just uh, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just. I was going to go down to. We've had some experience in like semifinals and national championship games. So, um, if we can uh, be optimistic, maybe that's the place to meet.
5: What about the uh, the rivalries with the uh, ACC? With you know having Clemson in South Carolina, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Florida, Florida State, we're going to lose those this year, right?
10: Yep. Difficult part of the COVID environment. We lost a basketball tournament, a baseball season, a softball season. We lost Arkansas, Notre Dame, Texas LSU, and we lost traditional rivalries. But again, in looking really objectively to ask, what can we do to control our ability to play a season? We prioritized the conference championship and thought, we also want to provide student athletes with a quality SEC experience. And that was the pivot to 10 conference only games, uh, a recognition that there may be disruption and the feeling that we could in that kind of quasi bubble mentality have better control and, and better be able to complete an entire season this way. Tough decisions, but we've been making tough decisions since March 11th around college athletics.
5: And I know a lot of this is the optics of how does it look? How does it feel that you're going to you may have the Pac-12 and Big Ten not play football? Do they care more about their student athletes than these conferences who do play football? Uh have you or do you think that you'll be getting those kind of questions here
10: certainly and you know in the southeastern conference we certainly compete but we educate uh, we care and we support if we cannot compete we will educate care and support but we do that every day whether we compete or not we've been doing it since march and uh, i think that that message is clear right now we've not been playing games uh, but we've been educate, educating, caring, and supporting. And I don't think there are quite the number of absolutes that perhaps others do in this world. We have never tried to, to do what we're doing in a COVID environment. It's simply another variable and a multivariable uh, environment for us. And whatever we do, we're going to do safely. We're going to do in the most healthy way possible. That may mean some have to make decisions, whether it's support, whether it's the infrastructure they have. I think we have the capacity uh, to support well. But again, we're going to go kind of day by day and make sure that that's in place, because fundamentally, while we want to compete, we are not going to walk away from educating, caring and supporting young people.
5: He's the SEC Commissioner. Greg Sankey joining us. Dan Patrick show. I was told by my source on Sunday, liability is the key word in all of this with these conferences, with these presidents here how does the sec view that with the liability possibilities that maybe that's what's scaring some of these other conferences uh smaller conferences and maybe the big 10 pac 12.
10: yeah and i'm always careful not to speak for my colleagues uh, we've been in fact i've been in front of a senate committee uh and visited with senators individually about liability waivers we, we had some those have been uh removed by our institutions uh to allow uh individuals a couple of things one Anyone who's not comfortable playing can opt out. We've said very clearly a month ago, we'll keep your scholarship and your place on the team. Um, I expect this week the NCAA will deal with eligibility questions around the ability to opt out and continue to have your season of eligibility. We've also provided information on a continuing basis. We, we had our Football Student Athlete Leadership Council, on an hour and a half video conference with very open and honest question and answers that ended up in the Washington Post. I think that's the responsibility we have with no apologies. And on our campuses, they've had continual Zoom calls with people, with parents trying to educate and inform. We've encouraged student athletes who have asked us questions, go back to your campus medical health professionals and ask them. And we've encouraged our presidents and athletics directors to make sure information is, is put out. So we've tried to provide as much information Uh, Certainly liability and our obligations are a part of our our consideration, but really that's an emphasis on care and education and support, which again is what we've done on a regular basis.
5: Any consideration to the college football playoffs being expanded just this season?
10: Um, Not for me right now. Um, I've not had that conversation. I probably, as you can imagine, you toss and turn at night and you start to go through a thousand issues and maybe a popped in to one of those thoughts, but uh, not at this point then, no.
5: Yeah, I wondered about that. We see this with Major League Baseball, you know, truncated season. Uh, they're going from 10, 10 teams to 16 playoff teams. And I didn't know. I mean, you don't, you don't even know how many teams are going to be playing football, but and, and maybe maybe that's just me. Let's get to the reg, through the regular season so we can have a playoff. But, uh, you know, I understand that's, you know, further down the road.
10: Well, the the college football playoff conversation, um, as far as action, focused on selection date, and is you know we were one, and the Pac-12 has adjusted, the ACC has adjusted their championship date. I think the Big 12 has some flexibility. Moving to a later selection date uh, was a step that was the right step at that time. And so now it's December 20th, which will move, mean quick turnarounds. And and that's um, other than just the simple administrative issues and the uh, hypotheses of what if and the current format, that's been the focus of any CFP dialogue.
5: Given everything that I mentioned yesterday on this show, if I'm a college football fan, how do you talk uh, somebody off the ledge to say everything will you know be okay? You've always said, look, you've got to have, have patience here. You know, you've you've been, you know, very strident saying be patient. Well, we'll run out of the time to be patient here. So what would you say to the college football fan?
10: Well, first of all, it is abundantly important, particularly in the part of the country where our universities are located, that those college football fans are part of solving the problem, the health problem. And that's the responsibility for for masking, for hygiene, for social distancing, for being uh, doubly, triply attentive to one's own health care and those around them and their health situation so that we can slow the spread. So I'd say if you want to walk back off the ledge, first, think about your own personal responsibility. And then second, the responsibility of all of those football fans around you. Uh, I actually just watched a video one of my ADs sent to me from a, a team leader at Ohio State University. You're probably not supposed to admit to that when you're in the SEC, but he was talking to his teammates about, about all he's done, sacrifice, given up and not going to clubs and not going out. and and focusing on your own individual health is pretty small in comparison to what, what our young men have to do to play football. So we ought to all be a part of that. Um, I, I keep in mind that we haven't made, uh, final, final decisions There's still some time, but we have set a start date. I'd be encouraged by that. If I were a college football fan, we announced opponents. I'd be encouraged by that. We announced medical care guidelines. That's encouraging um we're still here today you know on sunday it was all over if i read social media and lived by it but we're still here and we're going to keep working to see if we can move it along because uh, uh, what's been told to me by by young men on our team is they want an opportunity they want a safe and healthy opportunity but they want an opportunity to compete and if we can do that we will
5: but i brought this up to you a couple of months ago where i said y- you might be the only conference playing and would you be comfortable being the only conference <laughs> playing football this year
10: um, you did and, um, you should stop doing your show prep to ask me the questions that I've <laughs> answered. Um, I don't think that's the right direction really. It could we certainly, so there's a difference between can you do something and should you do something in life? And so we're actually set up with our schedule, uh, with our own health protocols that we could, if, if, if that was the circumstance operate on our own, I'm not sure that's the wisest direction, but, uh, you know, there have been a lot, lot of interesting things that have happened since March in college sports.
5: Great to talk to you, and uh, we appreciate you joining us. We did reach out to the other commissioners. They decided that. Uh, tell them I say hi when you talk to them, though, Greg. Okay. If can't, just you know, we 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 wanted to get their opinion as well. But I'll talk to you <clears throat> next month uh, if that's okay with you.
10: I'll, I'll get my sponsorship team in touch Thank with your sponsorship team <laughs> and see if we can get something done for this segment. All Thank right. you, Greg. Thank you. That's okay, the uh,
5: commissioner care. of the SEC, Greg Sankey. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk
4: lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
3: All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.
5: Speaking of the Emmys, Seth in Florida has something for us on that. Hi Seth, what do you have for me today?
4: Well, oh, hey Dan, good morning. Thanks good for taking my call. Morning. Sure. Hey, I just want to announce 61214.
8: Right.
4: Thank you. And I wanted to give a shout out to everyone on chat row and also just wish you guys good luck on the Emmys tonight. Hopefully you win. You deserve it.
5: Well, thank you, Seth.
4: Sure. Thanks a lot, Dan. And I just wanted to honor Qualcomm if
5: I have a chance. All right. well, thank you. We always do. I might honor Qualcomm if we win tonight. That I want to give thanks <laughs> to him. <laughs> How about that?
4: Today, obviously, today we're we're honoring and and supporting uh, Qualcomm.
5: <laughs> Matt Harvey, he will always have a special spot in my heart in the history of this show. <laughs> obviously, he, today, is... yeah, the, uh, Qualcomm. Yeah, God, I wish Matt Harvey would have <laughs> lived up to the expectations and gone to the Hall of Fame. Just so he'd get up there and say, uh, it's a great honor today, but I'm here to honor Qualcomm. Obviously. Yeah, obviously. The obviously (laughs) is the one that got me. Like, of course. Because, like, you already know this. Yeah. Like, Dan, you're having me on so I can honor Qualcomm, obviously. Honor and
7: support Qualcomm. (laughs) Yes, yes, Paul. My favorite was, the setting is, Matt Harvey was rumored to be having Tommy John surgery to end his season. And we had gotten the first interview with him. Now Qualcomm set up the interview. You decide to ask him about Tommy John surgery. Is he haven't How's his elbow? Is well, we'll we'll discuss that another time. You're like, this is the biggest story in all of sports.
5: Yeah, the, there's not going to be another time. I'm here to honor Qualcomm. Not talking about getting Tommy John surgery, obviously. Yeah.
4: That was one of the those answers yesterday, and and you know maybe at the appropriate time we can <laughs> we can talk a little bit more about that, but. Uh, obviously, uh, you know,
7: today is about Qualcomm.
9: I wish you would have said, so let me get this straight. You think you were coming on to just talk you for 10 talk 15 minutes about Qualcomm. Yeah. On a national sports talk show. Yeah. That's all we were going to ask you, any sports-related questions about you or your arm or the Mets or anything.
5: Yeah, the, the, the dark night. He was in the dark on what the hell he was supposed to be doing when he come on. See, it's quid pro quo. You have a product. You want to talk about the product. I want some things that I want to ask you, like, are you going to have Tommy John surgery? I'm just here to honor Qualcomm and support. And then we quickly got him back on the show the next day. I remember as he is saying this, that he, maybe at the appropriate time, we'll talk about this. I'm looking at Todd. I am staring bullets right at Todd. I'm going, you got to be kidding me. Yeah,
9: that's not a good look to get.
5: And then all of a sudden we got this wave of emails from PR people. We're so sorry. I'm thinking, did somebody not prep him on how this worked? He had never done this before.
9: Or we just needed some kind of note saying, you know, it's all it all has to be about Qualcomm. You could ask him one question that's baseball related. And then we could decide, you know what, maybe we don't do that interview.
5: It would have been funny to just say, no, no tell me more about Qualcomm. You know, because my audience really wants to know about Qualcomm. And then when he's ready to go, no, 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 I need to give me some more things about Qualcomm that you love so much. Yeah, see.
8: There are just all of these little hidden gems. Like, yeah, like he's like you said, uh you know uh we'll answer those questions at the appropriate time. Like there is no more appropriate time to discuss that topic than right now. Or just that it's just the choice of the word to honor and support Qualcomm. Yeah. It's just fascinating. Cuz
5: I'm here to honor. I don't know if I can support Qualcomm though, but I'm 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 here to honor, Matt. Yes, McLovin.
6: I think Qualcomm adds something to it because none of us, it was still this day none of us have any idea what they do. <laughs> so like if it was a company like if I'm here to honor like I don't know like uh, Dairy Queen. Then we could be like, okay, but Qualcomm, I, you could tell me more. Do you know what they do still? I'm not sure.
5: Are they like... Uh, semiconductors? AT&T or something like that? No. That's a whole
6: other company, I think.
5: Is it? No,
8: they don't do that. I, Wait, don't, I don't know what
5: Qualcomm does. I-
7: information technology, it's a very vague term.
8: <laughs> Their stock is through the roof, <laughs> though. I can tell you that.
5: If you
6: just let Matt Harvey tell us more, we would know. I know. You're
5: right. My bad. I, I had the audacity to <laughs> cut him off. What a funny twist. I know.
8: I know. <laughs> We could have all invested in Qualcomm. We would have all known about Qualcomm and invested in it. (laughs) We'd only let the men speak. My bad.
5: Hey, that's my bad. I should have let Matt Harvey speak on Qualcomm. I apologize. That's on me. That's why we don't win sports Emmys, because I don't let the guests talk. You know, it's all about me. Uh, Brent in Texas joins us. Good morning, Brent. What is on your mind?
4: Hey, Dan, I've got a good feeling about tonight. No show, more deserving. Uh, Quality interviews, the Rex Chapman interview, the Kareem interview, uh, and then countless other moments like Todd leaving the mic on when you're interviewing Marv Alberts. You guys are awesome. I got a good feeling about tonight. And then an idea for you to celebrate when you win tonight uh, to convert McLovin into a Beatles fan forever Get, the champagne on ice is good i heard you mention that but yep. also beer steins for everyone fill them with beer and queue up
5: the beatles yellow submarine celebrate all right well thank you brent seaton do you have the sound
10: Seventy nine is the new
9: 78 really. <laughs> <laughs> Todd. so uh, oh, i have my mic yeah, i'll be Todd. i'll be watching it i hope it gets off i think that
5: So, 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 Marv bad. Albert's talking about the the playoffs, the bubble, and Todd leaves his microphone. It wouldn't up. have
9: been that terrible. It still would have been bad if I, just the laugh got out there. But then I continued to talk with the mic. Well,
5: then you go, oh, it's a good line. Play it again. Here's here's Todd interrupting Marv Albert.
10: The 79 is the new 78. Todd.
9: So, I have my mic. Yeah, I'll be Todd. I'll be watching it. I hope it gets <laughs> off. I think that.
7: And he goes, I have my. my. He, as he says, my.
5: He you turn off. off your mic when you're telling us that you have your mic on. Terrible. But was, anyway, because, I'm just gonna keep going because I'm not really sure what the hell's going on yeah. here. Yeah, Marv has no Marv idea what's going rolling. on. Rolling. No idea. Maybe that's how we win the Emmy. Like, like the people who look at the tape, you know, tapes for the committee, and they go, you know what? That's nah, gonna win the Emmy right there.
9: But the blooper reels—they usually like when you're doing TV shows and movies. Those are taped things know. that you don't—you know, know—they're not live things happening like that.
5: Oh man! Well, we'll have fun tonight. Win or lose, we're going to have fun tonight, and we hope you can join us for uh, the special watch party, <laughs> sports semis. I don't even know what the food is. I told the big German to just get some food. Get uh, everybody gets a bottle of champagne, only to be opened after we win. If we don't <laughs> win, we're going to save it for next year. And then we'll just uh, we'll we'll put it away. But if we 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 win, everybody gets a bottle of champagne, and uh, you can do with it what you want. You can pour it on one another if you want to. Be sure to catch the
4: live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeart Radio app.
5: He's uh, Colin Morikawa, and I had a chance to talk to him yesterday. And he's uh, had quite a 24-hour period there after winning the PGA Championship. And I uh, ask him, how did he celebrate Sunday night after winning the PGA Championship?
11: Uh, you know, we just had some drinks after the round at the course. Um, I, I really didn't sleep. I had in and out a uh, couple hours ago, and <laughs> I just absolutely tore through a couple burgers um, <laughs> I'm living off a lot of adrenaline right now. I'll tell you that.
5: When did you realize that you could win this thing?
11: Um, seriously, after the end of Saturday, um, even before Saturday's round, you know, I felt like if I had a good round, I, I could really make a charge. Um, and, and being not in that leading spot, but being a couple behind starting Sunday, I thought, you know, shoot, it's anyone's chance. You know, after I looked at the leaderboard on twelve, it was a nice large party of us at 10 under. Um, so, you just kind of had to to take it in and, and tell yourself, you know, this is your time. You're not gonna get, you know, an opportunity like this to, to really separate yourself. Um, and I, I just had to take any opportunity I got.
5: It's one thing to play the course. It's another thing to play it when it's souped up PGA standard wise. So you played it before, but the biggest difference between when you played it before as an amateur to playing it for a PGA championship was what?
11: Oh, I mean, everything. It was a completely different course. Other than the layout of what it looks like, you know, visually, you talk about the tees being all the way back. Some of the holes I had never played all the way back from those tees. The rough was way longer than I've ever seen it. So fairways were that much more important. Uh, Pins were way tougher. So I think from tee to green, everything was just a, a completely different course. So even though I knew it, I had to come out and, and be prepared and, and not get lazy with all my prep work, you know, Monday through Wednesday or Tuesday through Wednesday, really.
5: I know that people are going to focus on 16, but I went back and I, I think you had a par save very early, maybe first hole, and then you had a chip in as well. And I, you know, you just start to look at these pieces. It's a jigsaw and you put them all together. And I know that you hit sick, you know, that shot on 16 will be talked about for decades, but it was the other ones that kind of fill in the gray area there that if you don't have those, then 16 might not matter.
11: Absolutely. And you hit it spot on. The the par putt at one and the par putt at six that were, you know, roughly 25, 30 feet um, saved my round. If I started making bogey on hole one while everyone else is making birdies, um, I already kicked myself in in the foot. And then, you know, I'm already one step behind, if not two. And I I would have had to do that much more work to catch up, you know, so those par saves were huge to keep the momentum going. Um, Obviously after one, but, you know, on six, I was already two under. And going into holes eight and nine, those are some of the toughest holes on the course. So you just want to try and get out there with par. Um, So, you know, yes, 16 is going to be one of the most memorable drives. I think the putt was almost more important than the drive. Um, Yes, you know, I had to get my drive there, but (laughs) I had to make that putt. The putt had to go in. Uh, or else those last two holes could have been a little different.
5: What did the ball feel like when it left your driver on 16?
6: (laughs) Uh,
11: There's nothing to describe it. You know, it just felt right. And I I think that's what all golfers, whether, you know, they've played golf or not, they know when they hit that one really good shot, that's what it's like. Um, And I hit it exactly how I wanted. All my caddy and I were praying for was a good bounce. And, uh, you know, you just got to have luck on your side. And thankfully I did. And from that point on, you know, we weren't even paying attention to where the ball was rolling; We just knew it was on the green.
5: Everybody talked about the Bombers and they were going to take advantage of that golf course. And then I kept thinking, I didn't, I remember watching you at Cal in the NCAA tournament. And I didn't remember you hit it, you know, extraordinarily long. And then I went back and I said, your average is around 290 something, I think. So the, that was a perfect hole for your driver. Yeah. Like you didn't have to amp it up. You didn't have to dial it back down. It was like, if I hit a 290 or 292, I'm pretty good here.
11: Yeah, it was, it was made for me. It was made for, you know, the cold weather, the 295 hitters. Um, you know, I played to Cameron Champ, and he's definitely one of oh. the longest hitters on tour. Yeah. And he's got to hit this little small little slice. Um, and I'm just, you know, stepping up there, and all I got to do is hit a normal drive. I don't have to do anything special. Um, so those holes kind of fit my eye, you know, the same thing, 14 at Mirfield, same exact, you know, kind of distance wise, I just have to hit a normal driver and I'm right there. Um, but you know, I'm glad you said it like that. I'm not a long hitter. I'm glad you didn't say I'm a short hitter. I always <laughs> think of myself as just average.
5: <laughs> well, if you do anything just average, it might be that, Colin. Everything else that you're doing is is above average. And then you look around. So there's no fans. At what point do you notice that Steph Curry is following you?
11: Yeah, no, I'm a huge sports fan. Um, so I, I started seeing him on the eighth green. I saw him on 90. And my caddy didn't even recognize him. You know, well, I mean, he did, but I, I pointed him out. I'm I'm pretty observant, <laughs> especially with no fans out there. You can kind of tell who is who, even with a hat and a mask on. Um, and Steph was awesome. You know, to have him come in the media center after and ask me a question. Um, he's just an awesome dude and just an amazing basketball player too. Obviously.
5: But you had to tell him that you're not a Warriors fan.
11: Absolutely not, and you know I'm I'm an LA guy at heart. I love the Lakers. I love the Dodgers. That's what I breathe. Um, so you know our our tailor made bag was a Giants Giants themed golf bag. On the inside, it said Giants sweep and dynasty, printed from magazines when the you know the Giants had won the World Series. Um, so, you know, I almost don't want to touch the bag anymore. I don't want to look at it. It doesn't belong in my house. Um, and to be honest, it won't be in my house. Wait, ever.
5: wait. But who picked out the bag for you? To, I know it's the Bay Area, but you're a Dodger fan.
11: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think the made guys just wanted to go with the theme of of being in san francisco um so you know i'm just saying the the u.s open is gonna be in la i think at los angeles country club in a few years uh i I better see something some blue and white out there uh if i don't i'm gonna be a little mad
5: when did you know you could play with these guys
11: Oh man. Um, you know, I, I played, I was very fortunate to have a sponsor's invite to, you know, now corn fairy event when I was heading into my sophomore year of college between that summer of freshman and sophomore year. Um, I had just made the cut on the number. I shot 63, 63. I just saw a number was looking at all these little tweets and Instagram things, um, to get into a playoff. And that's when I knew, what's so different about what i'm doing compared to what these guys are doing other than you know the opportunities they're getting um I, I still wanted to finish up college you know i wanted to get my degree i got my degree in four years at the high school business an awesome program very fortunate to to be a you know a graduate from there but you know once that had happened and seeing all my amateur career and looking at the wins i knew that i was meant to to play golf and i knew that this is what i wanted to do and it was all about getting these chances to play out there
5: who have you heard from since you won that might surprise us
11: um that might surprise you uh you know there's a lot of golfers that have texted me um i've gotten to know max Pacioretty pretty well uh hockey player for the golden knights um he's been a pretty cool guy that i've been able to play with quite a few times over this quarantine uh, out here in las vegas uh he he obviously reached out um someone that i never would have thought you know i had met uh, Marco Mira, you know, oh. two very different, you know, age, uh, two very different time periods of our golf. But I was able to meet him out here in Vegas um, and we got to play a few times. And he's, he's, he's an amazing guy. person because, great guy. you know, he lived through all that through Tiger's prime, you know, yeah. Tiger used him as a learning experience. And that's what I'm trying to do with all these other guys is just learn as much as I can figure out what they're doing. What makes them great, and kind of work that into you know what, what's going to make me great.
5: What was it like the first time you go up to Tiger? Whether it's on the practice <laughs> range, uh, introduce yourself. Are you know, ner- you have to have somebody introduce you. So you're, you're nervous <laughs> about doing that.
11: Uh, you know, I was a little nervous, but you know, I was, I was very fortunate enough to uh, you know we we've got the same agency. Um, so my Mark Steinberg helped me, you know, introduce my myself to him. Okay. Uh, but the first time I played with him, he obviously went to Stanford. I went to Cal, huge rivals. <laughs> uh, I still have a Go Bears uh, yardage book cover in my back left pocket. So we tee off at Torrey Pines first round on a Thursday. We both stripe ours down the middle. I'm walking right in front of him, and he looks at me, and he laughs, and he just gives me a little smirk. He's like, "Go Bears!" <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like, but you know, that's what makes. I think professional athletes and just, you know, you put them on another level of just being a normal person and to have him say that to me, just allowed me to just, you know, dive a little deeper into being, you know, a friend of tiger, not just a competitor that I see out on the golf course, you know? So uh, that, that's one of the coolest stories I have with them for sure.
5: Well, it was great to watch and certainly uh, cool under fire there. And uh, congratulations. Uh, we appreciate your time, Colin.
11: Thanks so much. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on here today.
5: That's your PGA champ, and he's only 23 years of age. Fox Sports Radio
4: has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
1: When
5: you have a Miller Lite in hand, grilling doesn't just taste great. It tastes like Miller time. This past weekend for Mother's Day, I'm treating my wife while grilling. I'm treating myself with a Miller Lite. Miller Lite, it just tastes right. Whether it's barbecue season or just celebrating a regular day with burgers and dogs, with a Miller Lite in hand, grilling doesn't just taste great. It it tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, Visit millerlightcom slash Patrick. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells great beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces.